Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hey everyone, welcome back to Grace of a Military Child in Life podcast. Today I have Kat on who was a military child. So welcome Kat, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. So tell me about, you know, your parent who served in the military and what it was like kind of growing up within that military life. So my dad joined right after 9-11. Uh, so he got deployed and there was a lot of family drama uh, with my grandfather on my mom's side. So he wasn't around for most of my life. Uh, I went to live with him when I was around 10. That was kind of towards the end of his military career. Uh, he got medically discharged on a short command. So I kind of really got like the very end of it. It was okay. I didn't, I thankfully didn't have to go through any of the stuff of, you know, him being deployed for months at a time. But because of the military, I didn't really have a dad growing up at the, the younger ages. Yeah. And what was it like kind of, because obviously any situation, you know, you see, you know, friends having growing up in a family with, you know, a mom and a dad. So what is it like kind of knowing that, you know, you're, you don't have that sort of family dynamic? I think at the time, like growing up, I didn't really care. I didn't notice. Um, Again, there's a lot of family drama that kind of put my dad in like a bad light. Right. Now that I'm older, it kind of makes me really upset, you know, like I didn't have a dad growing up in my real young ages. Yeah, there's a lot of moments that, I mean, family drama or not, the military causes, you know, a parent to miss out on, you know, birthdays and holidays. And, you know, for me, my dad luckily didn't miss out on like my birthday. Like there wasn't a Christmas that he wasn't there. Um, And so like major things like that. But you know, to me, school was so important. So like first days of school and last days of school were like, you know, big deal. And, you know, he wasn't there for those um, a couple of times. And that was hard for me. So I can imagine like, you know, being, you know, so much older now and looking back at those times and like, you know, wondering what could have been different or, you know, even how the military could have impacted that even more. Yeah. What is it like, you know, moving in with your dad who, you know, is military and like, you know, kind of spending that end of his career with him and having not experienced that before? With him being on a short command, it was, I guess, easier and probably, you know, going through a deployment, moving in with him. Um, It was definitely a lifestyle change for sure. Uh, I started going to the school on base. And so that was, I think, a very positive thing that uh, happened moving in with uh, people like me, especially being in such a new like family, a new military environment. It was after he retired that it became, I guess, kind of stressful. Uh, he didn't have a job, which apparently is very common amongst 
military members getting out. Uh, he's also a wounded warrior, so he's, he struggles physically. He's yeah. got 14 dislocated discs in his back, so it was a struggle. You know, sometimes he's got to use a cane, sometimes he can't walk, sometimes he can't do stuff, you know. So that was kind of a, a mental struggle to see that, you know. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, experiencing those times at such a young age is hard to see that, you know, even now to this day, it's still, you know, it's hard to see my dad struggle and, you know, struggle to get around and whatever it may be. And it's hard to, you know, accept the fact that I can get something done so quick and so easy and, you know, that same task that I can do in like five minutes, it takes him like 30 minutes, maybe even an hour to get done because he has to take it so much slower and take breaks and, you know, do everything in between. Yeah. Being in a community that, you know, you're surrounded by people who are kind of going through a similar situation. I mean, obviously, those two situations are alike, but what kind of an impact did like being surrounded by those people have on you? Um, it made me feel more, I guess, included. Like you, we met through the Wounded Warrior program that we were put in. Right. I definitely, actually, I think it definitely helped like to handle it, you know. It would, I, I remember then like giving us examples of, you know, how to deal with it or how to be better people kind of stuff. Um, and it made it made me feel like I belonged in that community more of military children. Yeah, and it's definitely something else, you know, seeing the the side of the military community where you know, because we were in a community where there's wounded warrior kids and there's you know kids whose parents are deployed or you know in training or you know even there. So you see like so many different different aspects of the military life. And it's nice to be able to kind of section people out of, you know, these people are going through a very similar situation as you are. These people are going through a different one and being able to learn the different situations everyone else may be facing. I I think they should do that more often. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, being able to have those different communities of people make you feel a little more welcomed and, you know, that you actually connect with people. Transitioning out of the military life, because you weren't, you didn't have that much time, like, you know, traveling around. What is it like transitioning out of it and going into that retired lifestyle? Um, Well, you say, you know, I didn't have to move around. I moved around. A lot. I didn't go to the same school for more than a year until I was in eighth grade going into high school. Um, So once you retired, uh, we moved to a different city where my stepmom's family is from. It was only two hours away, but that took me away from all of my family. Uh, You know, being a stepchild with different families. So that was definitely hard. Um, It was nice to definitely settle down, though. You know, I was able to stick to the same school, still have the same friends, and I'm not be making new friends every year. Um, you know, it was nice to settle down in one town and, and stay there. Yeah, and like those formative years of high school, you know, it's much easier to have 
Yeah. Yeah. One high school, one group of friends that you can like, you know, graduate with. Yeah. I'm very thankful for that. But yeah, I'm definitely like, cause a lot of people can have four years with a different high school each year. Yeah. And it's definitely hard to make friends your senior year when you know, you know, you're all going to spread out and go all over the place. Yeah. It's even hard just like, you know, late years of middle school going into high school because everybody has their own cliques now. That's when they're really kind of starting to first figure out like who we are. So they're, they're high schoolers and middle schoolers and they're exclusive. And it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it is. Like anyway. Yeah, it's not something I want to change every year. Yeah, and, like, you'll get the people, especially going into a civilian school, of being, like, we've been friends since kindergarten. You're not joining our friend group, like, you know. Yeah, a, a situation like that, they've been friends, like, their entire lives. And I felt so, like, excluded from it, you know. No matter how hard I tried, I just, I wasn't, I didn't have that bond with anybody. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you can break that bond. Yeah. But sometimes it's just like, uh, no, no, like, you're not joining our friend group. Like, what are you talking about? There's no way. No way. Yeah. So you have to navigate those those things of, you know, we're in the military life. Everyone gets it because you're moving in and out and all over the place. Nobody has been there since kindergarten, like... Nobody has any friends from, you know, what you see all the time. Your exactly. Yeah. And maybe you you knew someone in kindergarten and you both went your separate ways and then ended up back together somehow. But, you know, even then you have to kind of learn a different lifestyle and learn to accept people for who they are and be able to make friends. Yeah, you definitely, it's a, it's a learned skill. <laughs> yeah. Super easily. Yeah, because it's not easy for a civilian to understand that, that, you know, we're all trying to be friends here and we're all like in different boats, but, you know, you can still come to an understanding of being friends and getting along. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed a difference in that. Even now, like being in the military, I notice people are much more open to being friends and meeting new people. Yeah, because you kind of have to be that way. If you if you're not that way, you're not going to have friends. No, not at all. You, I have moved around. Will be five times next year. There is no way that I would not be by myself if I didn't have those friendship skills that I learned from all those years of moving. Yeah, it definitely, and a lot of uh, military kids, you know, tend to join the military themselves because they're so used to that lifestyle, um, or you marry into it. Yeah. It's one or the other, you know, and so even if you say you don't want to, like I said, I didn't want to for like 10 years, <laughs> and then here I am, like, about to marry a Marine, like, in a couple, like, about a year, probably. So, like, you say you don't want to do all this stuff. You say you're never going to. Yeah. You always find your way back to the military somehow. I, my entire life, I will never join the military. The military's not for me. Yeah. Never. 
and here I am. I love it. I'm going to re-enlist. <laughs> yeah. How did you make that decision to say, hey, you know, after saying no for all those years, how do you come to the decision of, okay, I'm going to do this? Uh, I didn't want to go to college. Anybody um, yeah. else needed to like, know what they wanted to do, where they wanted to go. I had a very vague idea of what I wanted to do, no idea where I wanted to go. And I needed to get out and I needed to get out of this small bum town that, you know, people are born in and they die in. And uh, my dad was just talking to me about it one day, not even like trying to push me or convince me, just, just talking about it. And I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. And I was super like, I'm going to join the Navy. And I was like, there's no way. I actually want to do this. You know, I've always been like, no, it's not for me. So I waited a couple of weeks, you know, and see if it was just kind of the thing that was in my head, wait to see if it was going away. It didn't go away. So <laughs> like a year later, I enlisted. Yeah, that's, you know, and sometimes it's just like, it takes one little conversation to say, hey, you know, this is what I want to do. <laughs> one little conversation. Yeah. I had, I almost went to West Point. When I was like ninth, 10th grade, um, even part of my 11th grade year, mm-hmm. I was like pretty set on going to West Point. I was like, I'm going to go to West Point. I'm going to study politics. Like, that's what I'm going to do. But, you know, then thoughts go away at some point. <laughs> <laughs> some thoughts just fade out. And so like for me, it it did. And, you know, I'm in marketing now and stuff. But you know, for some people it sticks and, you know, it's hard to say, you know, in a, and say goodbye to that military lifestyle of, you know, traveling and moving and, you know, meet, meeting new friends, going new places and being in not small towns where people are born and die, you know. So you have so many different aspects that you, you're exposed to at such a young age. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, I'm done with this. I want out. Like, I cannot take another move. I want to be stationary. But a lot of people are like, I need to be moving. Like, this is just not happening. Almost like a high. Like, I, I need more. I can't stay exactly. for too long. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And I've talked to people still, and they're like, you know, they've done their time in the military, they served. And they're still like, we need to move. Like, <laughs> we've been here for three years, three years too long. Um, like, it's time to move again. Or you get the people who are like, I need just a change of scenery. I need a vacation out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I've been in my current command for like a year and a half. And I'm, I'm already ready to get out. Yeah. <laughs> Go somewhere else. Uh, I just found out I'm moving to Spain a couple months ago, so I'm oh. really excited. <laughs> I'm going to be attached to a ship, so I'm going to go, you know, explore the world and most of Europe. That's yeah. Definitely, you know, punch <laughs> the grave. <laughs> yeah, and that's really, like, you don't get to experience that, you know, any other way. Yeah, it's, it's and not going to be the same, you know. Yeah, it's definitely an experience that you can only wish for and certain people get. So here I am. All I did was say, hey, I want to go to Spain. And here I am. (laughs) (laughs) 
Have you ever been outside of the U.S. or like lived outside of the U.S. before? I have not. And so I'm extremely oh. nervous. I've never been outside of the U.S. Now I'm going to go live outside the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to expect. I have heard Spain is such a fun place to live and be stationed. And there's so many different, you know, experiences there. And the culture is just incredible. Yeah, I've, I've definitely been looking into it. And I'm as nervous as I am. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it's you get the nervous and you get the exciting with it. Like it's just one of those where you get both. Yeah, I I, I don't know what to feel to be honest. Yeah, love the place. Yeah, but you know it's it's a new journey. It's a new beginnings, and you know you'll figure out what to expect. And who knows? You could hate Spain in the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Because there are places that we get to go that it's like, okay, let's let's get out of here. <laughs> like, we're done. Yeah. I have, I have a friend who hates Hawaii. Oh, he, really? He just he hates Hawaii. Oh, my gosh. Everybody <laughs> loves it. And he just, he doesn't want to go back. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I I would love to go to Hawaii. I I would like to live there, but it's so expensive to live there. My gosh, tell me about it. <laughs> I know. Oh, it is so expensive over there. Yeah, I know. And even being like connected to the military and having the access to like the commissary and the PX where things are typically a little cheaper, it's still expensive. Yeah, it's still expensive. It's, uh, I, I'm from a very small base. Uh, I work at Top Gun. It's in the middle of nowhere, middle of the desert. Yeah. So we- very limited access to the commissary and you know, they're they're very small. So if you want, you know, better produce or better selection of stuff, you have to go to Walmart. And unfortunately it's much more expensive over there. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the times you can't even afford <laughs> that stuff. Yeah. I'm very thankful I do pay for food because <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> probably my whole paycheck over there. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it's it's definitely a whole different world so I mean I can see why you hate Hawaii and you know some aspects of like financially but otherwise it's like I would love to live there I would love to you know I'm not a big fan of the beach but I'm sure like going to Hawaii would make me like the beach a little bit more I mean I live in Florida but still don't like the beach so yeah I'd rather be in the mountains so (laughs) (laughs) they're so much more peaceful and like a lot of the beaches here are like you know big major beaches Uh there's lots of kids running around and like partying and drinking and you know while that's fun and all every once in a while you go to the beach to relax and for me Hawaii screams that so (laughs) it's nothing but beach it's just yeah island (laughs) exactly so yeah i would love to make it out there one day so my boyfriend was just stationed in okinawa which was i try to go there yeah no (laughs) yeah sometimes a lot of the times you get told no but (laughs) yeah no he loved it out there it was it was great but he was ready to be back in the states because he had been that was his first duty station and he's like i'm ready to be back in the states after three years And COVID in Japan was so crazy. 
worse. <laughs> yeah, he said it's still like every, I mean, everyone kind of wore masks over there to begin with, but, you know, everyone still is continuing to wear masks and, you know, be all precautious and everything. Yeah, I got a couple friends over there and they're still wearing masks. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Even like in the States, everyone's like, y'all are so lucky because you're in Florida and you don't have to wear masks where like other places are still a little more strict on that. I don't know what to tell you, but too many people are moving to Florida. So. <laughs> yeah. They live in Nevada, so it's, it's empty. Nobody yeah. Works. <laughs> it's exactly. not a thing. <laughs> oh, it's not a thing over there. Yeah, I know. And it's literally like desert, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like where I live around Reno and Vegas, there is like nothing for a six-hour drive. Yeah, I and believe that. I know. <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> yeah, there was a point where my sister, um, when we were leaving Texas, she was like, and we were kind of trying to figure out where to go because we could go anywhere. Um, she had said she wanted to live in Nevada because there was like nothing there. And it's like you don't want to live in Nevada because there's literally nothing. You don't. <laughs> Too hot. Exactly. Um, but one question I always like to ask everyone to end with is what advice would you give to another military child? Let me preface this with being in the military now, it's a big thing that the wives and you know the husbands and the children also do their time you know they are the ones at home with their kids by themselves living life by themselves you know um so i would i would give advice to just distract yourself you know find other things in life to focus on to find joy in and just really appreciate those moments when your your parent or your spouse does come home. Yeah, I think that's spot on for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much for doing the podcast and being on. Yeah, thanks for asking. Yes, of course. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.